It's time for episode 478 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM. Recorded Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Clockwise for people, for tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's always thankful for you. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, my good buddy. And folks, I call him my dungeon buddy because we play Dungeons and Dragons together. My dungeon buddy, Dan Moore. And how you doing, Dan? For me? You're thankful for me? <laughs> you too, That's so nice. Yes. Aw, well, I'm thankful for you too, Micah. It's, it's, uh, it's always a delight to podcast with you, whether it's D&D or not. <laughs> and uh, this is not D&D. Uh, I think we should... <laughs> Roll for initiative! <laughs> oh, golly, I think I'm first. Uh, but before we get to that, we do need to introduce our awesome guests. To my left is, <laughs> I really like this, the tangle of cables under my desk, as well as a <laughs> prolific podcaster, Dubai Friday, Roboism, loads and loads and loads of podcasts. It's Alex Cox. Hello, Alex. Hello, Micah. I am so thankful to be on Clockwise today. And to my left, it is noted YouTuber. Welcome back, Christopher Lawley. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm thankful to be here. Everybody's thankful, Micah. Lots lots of thanking, and we are ready to get underway. Uh, My topic, there's cohost.org, there's post.news, there's hivesocial.app. How do you out there uh, choose a Twitter replacement, or have you given up on finding something that will replace Twitter and instead are, you know, looking at other means of, of remaining social with others? Alex, we'll start with you. I don't necessarily consider myself a very social person, but the re and the reason I started using Twitter in the first place was because it was a very simple way to meet people and hang out with my friends. And this is in 2008. And at that time, there were a ton of these services already that were, quote, Twitter clones. And when I was joining all of those, I was also 18. So I was just giving out my email address with abandon. But I'm trying to put myself into that that mindset right now as a 32-year-old of except, okay, if I'm signing up for a service, what do I want from this service, but also what do they want from me? And what is always a big red flag is when a company doesn't say where they are getting their money from. And it is a big problem because, you know, when a lot of people tried to go to app.net, which was sort of Twitter, but you had to pay for it, it's a big barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. But I am more hopeful of folks having a more independent presence online. Even things like Tumblr, now owned by WordPress, is sort of reminding people and empowering people with different technologies. But I really hope that more people find their own little like cabin down this stream of the internet that we can all visit and be more cordial to one another. I think the answer right now is because I'm sort of like casting a wide net because the thing that ends up being the determinant is really where people end up going. It's where the critical mass is. And things are kind of fractured right now. So maybe the answer is there's like critical mass, you know, smaller critical masses in a few different places. 
I don't know how I'm going to ready to manage that because like cross posting between stuff. Nope. I don't want to do that. It's so much work. I, I don't, I don't need the extra work to manage that level of my presence on the internet. Um, I, I, you know, I think there are some other stuff. I mean, Alex's points are all great about like in terms of looking for a service and trying to determine who, you know, who is profiting from this. What are they profiting from? What's the business model? That's all really important. I think from sort of a nuts and bolts technical level, I like finding stuff that has good support for apps, for example. Um, that's one thing that's been interesting about Mastodon because it's open source. There are a lot of different apps that you can use it and so you can sort of tailor your own experience. And that was something that Twitter obviously has flirted with a bunch over the years, but never really wholeheartedly supported. I, I love TweetBot. It's the way I experience Twitter. It is so different from the way that most people experience Twitter, I think, mm-hmm. just because of you don't have an algorithmic timeline. There are no ads, etc. Um, that's great. That's made my Twitter experience just very positive for the most part over the years but you know uh, there are other places where like you have to use their specific app and you know then you're kind of locked in right like you got the the experience that they want you to have which can be good and it can be bad but um you know if there's something that doesn't quite work or quite jibe there then i think that can often be a turnoff as well um but at the end of the day i think you know like like alex said like i'm i'm on social media to hear from interesting people and talk to my friends and have that sort of water cooler as somebody who works at home by themselves and so wherever people end up going i will probably end up going there and so for the meantime i'm just you know going around to all those services and registering my username so i have it i'm ready i'm ready to go chris what's your strategy uh so right now my plan is kind of like you all of you guys like anytime i see a quote-unquote twitter replacement pop up i go and squat on my username and I'll just kind of wait and see what shakes out. I, I'm not trying to push one over the other. You know, I always thought micro.blog was interesting, but because it has that, you know, paid barrier to entry, like I don't think it will be the the Twitter replacement because of that. I do think it'll be one of the free services, but where's those free services getting their money from? Is it advertisers? Is it VCs? Whatever. Uh, that 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 is also a concern. So We'll we'll see what ends up shaking out, but for right now, uh, I'm just kind of like hanging back, waiting to see what happens. Yeah, um, it's hard for me to say right now what platform I will be sticking with, or if any of them are ones I'll stick with. And I agree with you, Dan, that it's difficult to find the time to try to figure out how to post to the different ones and then choose what gets posted where. And then also, after you grab your username, you've got to set up your bio and everything so that people know that it's actually you. And it's just kind of, uh, and then uh, even whenever you do find one you like, like I did with um, Hive, then even your faves will disappoint you because it is a very small team, um, two people, I've uh, heard that are working on Hive and they didn't kick things off uh, with accessibility in mind. And that is a huge bummer to me. Um, so that kind of set me back a little bit in, in you know, wanting to make that the platform where I was going to put most of my attention. So, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I do still have my Twitter account and I still have been posting there as well as in one or two other places. But just the morning, I got my little notification that said, hey, it's your 14 year anniversary on Twitter. (laughs) 14 years. That's like a teenager. I'm old. Celebrate (sighs) by burning it all down. (laughs) Let's... (laughs) 
happy 14 years. Here's a giant birthday cake with lots of lighter fluid. All right, moving on. Alex, it's your turn. I was wondering um, if you are traveling this year, holiday season, off to quite a start, or if you are trying to escape a holiday party for a few minutes, since we don't have the Twitter necessarily, do you have a read it later or bookmarking app you tune to turn to to work or just for funsies? You know, I've never quite got on the read later uh, bandwagon. I used to use in- Instapaper way back in the day, um, but I think I generally found that that was a place where links went to die. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'll read that later. I say throwing it into a uh, Instapaper account that I never checked. It's like basically I just might as well shred those stories. Um, I think in the end, for me, if I'm going to read something, and let's be honest, it's again, it doesn't even happen in this case. I often just leave it as an open tab in Safari. Um, so like I'll open something in the background and be like, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I should I should get around to reading that. And then I'll just, you know, at some point, look at all my tabs and be like, all right, either got to declare tab bankruptcy and like close a bunch of this stuff or read it. Um, so I think mostly I don't tend to do read later stuff. Um I'm I'm very much a person who's like, if it's in front of me, I'll read it right now. But if I have to wait till later, it's going to get lost in the shuffle. So instead, I probably turn to, you know, like an e-reader app or something like that if I'm really trying to escape and just and need a break. But yeah, um, I don't get breaks anymore. So <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, I absolutely use read it later apps. I've tried a few this year, uh, but the one that has stuck with me is pens. And that's actually the fault of Alex because on their podcast, you by Friday, they had a pen board challenge. Uh, and I was like, Oh, Hey, I haven't looked at pen board in years now. So let's go check it out. And pen board as a backend service works really well. Syncing is incredibly fast, but there's not really like a good like iOS like first party app from that or even a Mac OS first party app. So I went looking and I found one called Pens. Uh, and what's really cool about it is it has an auto tagging feature. So if I add something that has YouTube.com as the domain, it auto tags it with YouTube. If I add something because I, I do a lot of stuff with apps. So if I add something that has the domain apps.apple.com, it'll auto tag it as an app. So that way it kind of sorts things for me automatically. You know, every once in a while I do have to manually enter a tag and stuff like that. But I have some rules set up. So most of the time I don't. Uh, and it's nice to just be able to go through there and read some articles or watch some videos or, hey, here's some apps I wanted to play with and just check them out. It's just kind of like a database for it to store everything for me. I actually I do. There's there's two uh, read it later slash bookmarking apps that I turn to. Um, one is an app that I found called Keep It, and it's available on Mac and iOS and iPadOS, of course. And it is just a bucket into which one can dump things. Um, what I like about it is that it will let you save a, uh, a sort of archive of a page so that if the page goes away, you have it there later. Uh, but what I always end up going back to and what continues to be my read it later service is an ongoing text message thread I have with myself. Um, I send myself messages that are links, our photos, our uh, documents, are all sorts of things. And at any time I can launch iMessage and I have myself pinned at the top of my messages. I'm a narcissist apparently. And there I can see the different things that I uh, have 
looked at in the past forever. Um, and then I can also uh, search if I need to, to find things. So yeah, I can't get past just using iMessage, even though I've tried a bunch of different services, I always end up going back to that. Um, why don't you round us out on this topic, Alex? I actually use a bunch. Like Chris mentioned, I have fallen back in love with Pinboard as kind of the main place where all of my bookmarks or read it later type stuff lives. And what's nice about it is I can use an app like Pins, which is fantastic, and I can sync it with Instapaper and Matter, which is a new read it later service, as well as something like theoretically a new read it later service from the people who made Readwise, and being able to sort of round trip all of my links in a way that keeps all of my tags intact. The the one thing is sometimes you can't always um, archive things successfully. You can delete things and then they typically go away like they get disappeared from pinboard and everything else but the reason i have become a fan of doing it this way is there's a canonical space but also if you know you don't necessarily pay for a website and there's a really strong paywall you can try multiple apps to see the best way it is parsed so i've kind of got a whole little arsenal right now of read it later places well, folks, uh, with that, we have reached halftime. So I want to tell you about a great way to give Relay this holiday season. Uh, it's at giverelay.com, G-I-V-E, relay.com. And when you head there, you will see a deal where you can get 20% off any annual plan until December 17th. So that way you can become a uh, member of Clockwise and get our special uh, Clockwise Unwound edition that has an overtime topic every week. Uh, all of that is available with lots of information at giverelay.com. Because you join uh, the membership, you get access to the Relay FM members Discord, a monthly behind the scenes newsletter, Relay FM wallpaper packs for desktop and mobile, and access to the crossover podcast feed uh, with annual specials and uh, members only shows, as well as backstage and fusion. So check that out at giverelay.com. And thank you to those of you who help make this show possible every week. Dan and I both appreciate it. Speaking of Dan, we're back from the break, and that means it's time for Dan's Topic. Hello. Well, in the United States here, Thanksgiving is happening tomorrow as we record this, which is why all our thankful references have already begun trotting out like a turkey. <laughs> um, my question is, what tech are you most thankful for this year? Chris, let's start with you. I'm so happy I get to go first for this question because I have a feeling my answer will get sniped. Uh, the studio display. I am so happy about the studio display. Apple gave us a the monitor we wanted. We've all just basically been asking for, hey, please take the iMac display, put it in a monitor. Like You don't even need to do anything super special with it. We just need an external monitor that doesn't cost $6,000. It's still pricey, I, I know, but you know what? I'm so happy that it is here. It makes me so happy. I'm looking at it right now. It is gorgeous. Uh, when I plug my MacBook or iPad into it, it wakes up immediately. It works. 
uh, I'm just so happy about it. It, it. It's it's truly like my tech product of the year. Um, I think my tech product of the year is actually last year's iPhone, and the reason why is because. Um, ever since we started working from home for a lot of the work that we do uh, at Twit, I have tried a bunch of different cameras as my webcam for the work that I do in front of the camera. Um, I've had uh, like Sony, uh, or is it Sony? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I, I used a camera that we use uh, at the studio that are like camcorder cameras. I've used uh, the standard Logitech C920 camera. I've tried uh, the Opal camera. Um, I have tried, there was another one, I think one from Anchor or something like that. And the best one that I've ever had, the one that works the best, that looks the best, that works great, is using Camo Studio uh, with the iPhone 13. And it's amazing because you can do 60 frames per second and you can do uh, 1080p, which is more than we even do whenever we're uh, broadcasting our shows from Twit and publishing them later. So I just I think it's fantastic. And I'm thankful for the simplicity of it, because as long as that iPhone is running and Camo Studio is running on the Mac, then it just works. I'm pleased as punch and so thankful uh, for those two things coming together to make for a really good looking uh, shot for me. And Alex, what about you? I have to say this year I have become incredibly thankful for MagSafe as both a technology and a lifestyle. I was very skeptical about how it was going to, like the the half-life, I guess, of if this would stick around in Apple's products. But not only has it stuck around, the accessories around it have j- that aren't made by Apple have uh, really gone off this year. Right now, my favorite is a... MagSafe battery, wireless battery charger from Anchor that has a pop socket on the back. I wasn't really a pop socket person until it embraced modularity. And that is what is most appealing to me about MagSafe. Kind of being able to, on the fly, swap things, charge things, just hang your phone from the fridge, all the great things. I like being able to put a phone somewhere and not have to think about it crashing to the floor. I think the, yeah, thank you all for your thoughts on this topic. Lots of great tech there. I think the thing that has made a big difference on my life this year is I changed, I upgraded my iPad to an iPad Pro, an 11 inch um, modern model. I had an old 10.5 inch iPad Pro. And with it, I got a Magic Keyboard. And I think the Magic Keyboard has made a big difference in my life, especially because um, this summer my iMac died. So my MacBook Air has been pressed into service as like my desktop computer with a studio display which I agree with Chris is great. Um, but it means I just don't spend as much time like disconnecting my laptop and taking it with me elsewhere in the house. So I've turned to using my iPad as my sort of laptop replacement elsewhere in the house. Um, and that has been great in cases where I need to get stuff done. I want to still be able to like write something. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I wasn't going to do that on the on-screen keyboard on the iPad most of the time. Uh, if I'm writing an article or working on a book manuscript or something like that. 
Uh, and so, you know, I, I've actually taken to using the, the Magic Keyboard, and I love the pointer support and all of that with... Plus, with universal control, I can sort of, you know, control a Mac if I need to when I put it down on my desk in the office, which is super cool. Um, but, like, I just finished doing, like, edits on a manuscript in Word on my iPad, and I actually think it was a better experience than doing it on my laptop, <laughs> So, oh, which is pretty rare for me. So I, I'll pick the Magic Keyboard, which I think is a pretty fantastic piece of tech. But all great answers. Thank you for that. Let's go to our final topic, which comes from Chris. Yeah, my topic is inspired by Dan's topic, and I'm kind of curious, what apps are you most thankful for this year? The apps that I'm most thankful for include uh, the iMessage app, of course, because again, um, it is how I get all of the things that I need to remember uh, together in one place. I am thankful for Fantastical, my calendar app of choice, because without it, I would never get to any of the work that I need to do. I would not know when or where or how or why uh, any of it exists. And I am thankful more than any other app. I am thankful for Due, D-U-E, the app that makes sure that I take the necessary medication that I need to take in a given day, but also that I don't let people around me down whenever I say that I'll do a thing. Because uh, anyone who knows me and needs things from me knows that when I say, I'm setting myself a reminder to do this, then it's going to get done. And if I don't set myself a reminder to do this, then it's probably not going to get done. Uh, and the moment that I say that, I open up do, I hit that plus sign, and I type in what I need to do, uh, and it's all there. So D-U-E stands at the top of my turkey tree, uh, wherein a turkey tree is a thing where you place things you're thankful for, and the one you're most thankful for is at the top. Turkey tree. Okay, Alex, your turn. <laughs> this year, like years in the past, I am most thankful for the app Drafts by Agile Tortoise, which is an iOS, iPadOS, and macOS that is on the surface a very simple text editor. But as soon as you start to scratch that surface, there are so many what are called actions that are basically custom automations where you can do things like add something to an app do or reminders or omnifocus or fantastic cal or create an entire blog post if you want to and just being able to very quickly pull something up on my Mac or iPhone, putting it there, even if I don't know what I'm going to do with it later, I at least know it has been captured somewhere reliable with a system I can trust. And at the end of the day, I kind of go through my drafts inbox and make sure that any sort of snippet of text, whether it be a calendar in uh, like a calendar invite that I need to send out or something that needs to be scheduled or a to-do, I make sure that it is there and I reach drafts zero and feel much more at peace in the world. Um, that's too many apps, I think, probably to name them all, but if I'm going to pick a couple top ones, um, uh, Rogue Amoeba's Audio Hijack Pro, which is the basically... Uh, the way I get all my work done on podcasting. It's a fantastic app. I love how powerful it is. This year they added shortcuts integration, which has been great for streamlining a lot of my workflows in terms of recording stuff, 
Um, I've had a lot of fun playing around with that. And I just, it's, it's just a very reliable, solid app that's super powerful and yet user-friendly. It's got everything. What is there not to love? Um, and then I'm going to throw out a kind of a basic one, but, uh, the photos app, um, this year, uh, we had our first kid. And so we take a lot of pictures <laughs> of this kid, uh, and, uh, being able to, uh, not only quickly like scroll through those and find all the pictures of them using the the like photo uh, faces, but also being able to share pictures with our families using shared albums. And more recently, with my wife and I being able to set up the iCloud shared photo library, so we can like pool all our pictures. All that's great. It just makes it so much easier to navigate all of that uh, and have all that information at our fingertips. Um, so yeah, I, the Photos app has been really really critical for me. Chris, wants to wrap us up here? Uh yeah, I've I've got a couple. Uh the first one is Things 3. Uh it's a task manager app. I manage my whole life out of it. Uh like like what kind of what Micah said, if I don't write something down, if I don't put a task in and things for me, it won't get done. Uh so I manage my business, my personal life, everything out of it. What's really nice about it is it is a really good-looking app and it, on the surface it looks kind of simple, but once you kind of start to peek under the hood, there's a lot of power there and I I really appreciate that. The other app is uh, one Alex mentioned, and that is Drafts. Drafts uh, is just – it's a text editor. It's a place where I can just like write an email, a message. I can just copy or I can just paste something there that's on my clipboard I need to save for later. And then the last one, it's kind of cheating because uh, <laughs> it's not its not even officially out yet. And and uh, <laughs> But it's something I'm very excited about, and that is DaVinci Resolve, uh, which is a video editor and is coming to the iPad. Uh, I've, I used to edit all my videos on the iPad. I did it for about four years, uh, and I had to stop because I had some bugs and some issues, but I'm very excited for a professional high level video editor to be coming to the iPad. And, uh, I'm very, very excited to get my hands on it, uh, and, and start editing videos on the iPad again. Uh, well, with that, we are just about to the end of this episode of clockwise, but I do have a bonus topic for you all. Question. Are you a competitive person? Uh, are you competitive in all things or something specific? Alex, we'll start with you. Very much, yes. Competitive in most things, I suppose. I don't know if it's because I grew up with four siblings, three of them very masculine brothers who, you know, everything was a contest, or if it's because I worked in the game industry for seven years. But I think I have so much imposter syndrome that when I get that little green screen of you have one or I can literally or metaphorically dunk on someone, it just brings a little <laughs> bit of joy to my life. And because the holidays are coming up, you know, they can be fraught. But I know that I will be winning many games against my family and my spouse will be rolling their eyes and sitting in the corner horrified by how competitive i get i am the least competitive person no one is less competitive <laughs> than me <laughs> uh i'm not competitive i'm i'm i i do enjoy a good competition but i don't find myself particularly driven to it uh my wife likes to say she doesn't have to, she's competitive but she doesn't have to win which is <clears throat> not true uh anyway yeah chris what about you i am an incredibly competitive person and i am somebody that has to win uh i will fully admit it is a flaw i've tried to be better 
about it and to tone it down in my personality, especially like uh, anything like public and, you know, not not just like in closed doors with family or something like that. Because when it comes to like we play like uh, for holidays and stuff, we play games and stuff and winner gets gift cards and stuff like that. And I have to sit most of those games out because I, I, <laughs> I take it a little too far. I'm not uh, competitive, but I will say there is one game that I do not play with people because if I do, I become a competitive monster among uh, monsters, and that is Uno. I don't play Uno anymore <laughs> because I get mean when I play Uno, and I don't like myself when I play Uno. So Uno's off the list, but that's the only time that I'm competitive. Uh, folks, if you would like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. We talked about this uh, normally, you'll go to relay.fm slash clockwise to sign up for just five bucks a month or $50 a year. Although I would recommend you go to giverelay.com because you get 20% off that yearly uh, option and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss items we'd smartify. And with that, we have reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. All that is left is to thank our awesome guests. Alex Cox, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. I am thankful for you. Oh, I, again, am always thankful for all of you, except Chris Lawley, maybe, who <laughs> I don't know if he will uh, challenge me in Pokemon Go, but he should. I'm so grateful oh, to always. be here. And Chris Lawley, thank you so much for being here. It's a delight to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. I am thankful to be here. And Alex, I will always challenge you in Pokemon Go or Pokemon <laughs> Violet and Scarlet if you want to go there, too. Pokemon Go there, you say. <laughs> 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 and that is it for this week, Michael. We'll be back next week. Um, we want to wish everybody in the U.S. a happy Thanksgiving. And we want to remind everybody out there listening, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Couple, couple.